This episode of the Go Heads podcast is brought to you by SOS Culture. All products, including graphic tees, hoodies, and flags, are now 20% off. Click the link at the top of the description or head over to SOSCultureCo.com. That's SOSCultureCo.com. Follow their socials at SOSCultureCo to stay up to date with their latest drops and designs. Use promo code GHP at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's code GHP. Now to the Go Heads podcast. going on everyone welcome to episode 23 of the goat heads podcast brought to you by antonio silva and myself zach loreso we're getting into it um got it's a lot the jordan of episode huh it's the jordan episode flu game <laughs> um we got some interesting mixed topics to talk about today and that's some... with, uh, the dallas stars game last night that was a that was a great game I think we should talk about the Bills first. You want to just get this out of the way? Yeah, it's a bigger story. It's the cloud hanging over everyone's head right now. Um, everyone's jumping on the Sabres bandwagon pretty quick because, <laughs> as many people know, if you don't know, we're about to break some heavy stuff to you. The Bills lost <laughs> at home Yeah, by 17 points. You know something I saw? It's uh, what if the new Brady Manning thing is now just Burrow and uh, Mahomes and Allen's just Philip Rivers? That one hurt. <laughs> that one. I, I think Allen's more talented than Joe Burrow. I really do. Um, I agree. We need an offensive line. I think that's. I feel like I've always noticed that a problem the, the past few years with Allen. Like he's a superstar, but. If he's getting pressured and touched every time he snaps the ball, we got problems. Yeah. Um, this whole year, the Bills have kind of just been almost like hard to watch. It just hasn't been like how it's been the past couple seasons. Um, I just have been having like this bad feeling watching them. Like the, the thing with us was like, oh, you don't win close games. Well, every game turned into a close game. And that and was like, negative. Even though we did win, good teams find a way to win, but – they, the narrative has to be negative. You know that by now. Like, mm-hmm. there's no pot. Like, look at the whole Diggs situation going on. And if you're mad at Diggs for that, you gotta. I, I wouldn't feel, feel how he's feeling either. I'm, I wouldn't be happy. He, I didn't see the play, but he. I guess he was wide open. I wouldn't be doing that if I wasn't. But you know, that's just heat of the moment sports. Like. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's a it's a very passionate game. Look at any loss and any – I just saw a clip of Peyton Manning screaming at Jeff Saturday. And, like, there's always Tom Brady and his thing. Like, it, it happens. Like it, If you don't have a fight on the team, there's something wrong. Like, somebody – it's different egos and characters mixing. And I guarantee you, at the start of next year, whatever we change, Diggs and Allen's relationship is still going to be – a very strong quarterback wide receiver relationship. He's a great wide receiver and we're going to ostracize him because he didn't want to talk after a playoff loss for three years in a row. Like it's, it's the same shit, different year. It's if anything, it's just down. You're going backwards right now. 
Uh, let's talk about the game a little bit itself. Um, Cincinnati just beat our ass. Yeah, from the get go, right oh. off the jump. Like it, it felt like even we need to talk about coaching. The the strategy, the what they were doing on defense was just it made no sense. Like they let's say like the Bengals need six yards for a first down on a second or third down. Got Trey White ten yards back, maybe more, and it's you're leaving it all. Just everything was free for them. It, it's super frustrating. Well, I want to know what boat of people you are in because there's a few. There's a few boats after this game. There's um, fire the coordinators, uh, fire the coach. Or uh, I think those are the two boats. So I don't know where you sit on that. I've been a Sean McDermott hater for a little bit now, um, quietly. Um, I I get what he does for the culture and, like, what he did with, like, the Hamlin situation and, like, all the bad things that have happened this year. He's been very positive. He's built a very strong culture. You can't be – you can't ignore that. But that's as important as that is. It's not everything. You, you see situations, especially in the playoffs, where it's just like, how many defensive timeouts did he have? Two last game? Like, it, like some of the things he chooses to do are very questionable. He doesn't get enough heat for it. He never even got enough heat for the 13 seconds. Um, and then it goes to Leslie Frazier. Well, like, you, you blame Leslie, Fr- Leslie Frazier? Because if we're talking about defense I don't know. 13 seconds, that's defensive coordinator's yeah. job. Also, McDermott is a defensive coach, and I do. If we're get firing that. everything. If we're getting Bean and McDermott are are McDermott's two. Not, McDermott's not going anywhere. He's I, not. Yeah, I, I. I think he's got one more year to like win the Super Bowl, or I, I think I he's got a longer leash than that. Depends. It's, it depends what happens. Because if we regress in the standings next year and say we don't win our division, Miami wins our division, which is possible. If Looking at it from an honest perspective, it's it's possible. If that happens, maybe. But if we're winning our division, uh, fighting, we I I really think we would have been the top seed in the AFC. Yeah, um, that Cincinnati game that never happened. Um, that would have determined a lot, but um, obviously that didn't happen due to terrible circumstances and um. See, another thing with that circumstance, now that it's like kind of like a little behind people, it's like something that people are making fun of, which I think is just outright fucked up. Like the yeah, uh, that's like, I don't like even want to talk about Eli Apple. First of all, me. dumb name. <laughs> I'm I will never take anything someone named Eli Apple said seriously. Yeah, well, I've, I've ignored that. I I saw it. It's it's beyond disrespectful, and it and it just show uh shows his ignorance really. I mean, it could have been him laying lifeless on the field. So, is there really much more to say other than get Allen some help if that's on the O line and or receiver? You need a second receiver. Gabe Davis has proven he is not the second receiver, and could possibly be out of the three. Like genuinely, is like his well, play concerning. He touches for forty yards. Yeah, he needs he unmuted. Who whose fault is it that they trade for Naeem Hines and he had was it thirteen receptions or plays total since being traded here? On yeah, offense? he wasn't really used as much as I thought he was going to be. I thought he would be. He's. I thought he would be the primary guy. 
or at least more talented than Singletary. He has more experience than Cook. We don't really know what we have in Cook yet. He's still got some time to grow, but I like James Cook. I, I don't. I also do. Yes. I, I think you need. I think you need a top running back. And you know what the problem is? They didn't. Th- they don't throw to Cook. He's a receiving running back, and he had very low receptions for the entire season. And that goes to Dorsey now. Like, what was that? I know it's his first year as a coordinator. He has no experience other than quarterback coach prior. Like, what was that? And there's these, and the shit with he's interviewing for head coaching jobs, like in Carolina and maybe in was it Indy? I don't know somewhere else. Before that game, that shouldn't be allowed. One. Like, you have something to focus. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, and your quarterback's prime and, like, your team's prime, and you're kind of just – and, like, that's a distraction. You can't have that. You you simply cannot have that. And I do hope he goes somewhere else and wish him all the best. But I think uh, Frank Reich right now is available. I don't know if he's looking for an OC job, but give it to him. If you can, give him whatever money he wants. Just do it. That The fan base would love it. Josh would love it. I'm sure the offense would thrive, but – who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't really question his focus on the game if he's inter- interviewing for a job. And if he wasn't focused on the game, then I think people know that. Sean McDermott knows that. Brandon B knows that. They know where his loyalty lies if he wasn't focused on that game 100%. So if we see it, I really see a change at defensive um coordinator before offensive. I think they'd let Ken Dorsey. We haven't seen this Bills offense with a with a solid O-line. Allen never has time to throw the ball. He's got to make some crazy-ass play. And how important is a O-line for a run game? Like, I don't – I don't bloody all his elbows after every game. Yeah. I, every I, game, dude's just scabbed up. Yeah. It's, it's a game that – in the moment, it was super frustrating, but when it was over, it felt like that was what was destined to happen. I mean, like it was being realistic, all like since the bye week, all season long, it's just been the Bills have been somewhat hard to watch, and it was just if Josh Allen doesn't have a great game, doesn't seem like they're winning the game. So that's kind of what happened. They didn't have Allen carrying them on his shoulders, therefore they lost by three scores. So I I liked it more than the uh, Chiefs game because <laughs> Chiefs game was like such a like an epic high and low of happiness. Like mm-hmm. he got excited. In the, in the Cincy game, it was pretty consistently low. Yeah, the- I mean, I was listening. I was delivering pizzas, making some crazy tip money. <laughs> no, no worries about that. Uh, but I was listening on the radio, and the guys were like, "Well, the Bills are going to get the ball with a minute and a half, and then if they score a touchdown, then and then score one after the second half kickoff, then it's tied." And it's like. Yeah, if they can do all that, it will be tied. But obviously, if you watch the game, that really never happened. Our offense couldn't seem to get anything going, which you can't if Allen's not getting time to throw the ball. Since he had eight QB, Allen hit hit the ground eight times. Miami made a very good uh, play playbook the week prior, where we almost lost to Skylar Thompson. So I they just they set like the standard of how to beat us, and they came short. But Cincinnati took advantage of that and completely beat the crap out of us. And um, I'll, uh, another thing is just um, I just saw a press conference, or I didn't watch it, but I was in class. I saw the tweet. Uh, 
Brandon P mentioned something about Ken Dorsey's second year. So it looks like he might be returning. Who knows? That could just be anything. But And also Brandon Bean. I do really like Brandon Bean, but he has not drafted a, uh, a pro bowler since 2018. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, he's missed out on a few guys, but who hasn't? That's draft, that's sports. You see it everywhere. There's guys that fall, but – maybe take a new approach at it this off season. Maybe, I don't know, hopefully their scouting was better, but who knows? There's a lot of things to address. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that shortly to the media. Um, let's transition sports real quick because there is another Buffalo team. Buffalo's new favorite team. Maybe looking, they've always done the favorite team. Who knows? They're looking for um, – uh, Bill's Mafia refugees, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, the Buffalo Sabres are on a three-game win streak, which I, I feel like we've said before a few times this year. This team is very streaky. They're very young. And sometimes, man, I just – there's something about this team that's just so fun to watch. Like, mm-hmm. even if we don't make the playoffs this year, I'm having a great time watching hockey this year. Yeah. Last night, um, as of recording last night, we're, uh, we beat Dallas, which is a big we'll, – we'll touch on this for a while because this is fresh in everyone's mind. Um, did you watch that whole Dallas game? I missed the first 10 minutes of the third, and Olsen and Robertson scored, so I missed that, but caught the highlights of it kind of. Um, but start the game, Darlene, with the, the clapper from the back. To start the game, we're going to talk about that first. Oh, no, 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 I forgot. I shot, out shot eight nothing. Yeah, that and six of them were just wide open in front of Craig Anderson mm-hmm. playing in his seven hundredth hockey game. <laughs> game, not hockey game. Hockey's over. I think I think regular season because didn't he have a seven hundredth game ceremony last year during was it RJ night? No, he had a three hundredth win. Okay, sorry, my bad. Watch, watch your Craig Anderson facts, bro. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love Craig Anderson. There's no reason not to love the guy. He's he yeah. plays great. He plays when, when he's in the net. It's a good game. I feel like mm-hmm. our our best our best goalie like consistency wise right now. Like you can't lean on Lukanen to win these big games every night. He's proven he can, but as you said, consistently, yeah, Craig. Consistently, I put Craig Anderson in. <laughs> Ride the old man till the wheels fall off. I don't care. Um, obviously, shout out to Craig. Another, another shout out. I think we owe it to is the third and fourth line, and the third and fourth D pairings because they're the best players on the team. It seems they're getting um, the, the load of ice time. Yeah, according to Chad Dedeminisus, since January 1st, the third line, so Yost, Middlestat, Olsen, who we've given a lot of crap to this season, um, they've had the lowest expected goals against amongst all forwards on the team, which means they're not they're least likely to get scored on, basically, put in a simple terms. And um, their highest goals per 60 at 5v5 on the team. And in case I don't forgot, our first line is Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Alex Tuck. Even though this is just since January 1st, um, they've had a lot of games so far this January. They're playing like four a week. So props to them for the turnaround. Um, Olofsson, who we've shit on a lot, 
He's on a tear right now. He's got nine goals and an assist in his last ten. So I know. I know. If we're talking Olsen, it won't be long before you start mentioning uh, his trade value right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we should get that over with, because I know it's going to happen. We're talking about Victor Olsen, third in the league in goals in January. He has nine of them. He has nine goals in his last ten games. Um, what my my do? problem is this: when he's hot, he's hot. You you know, like you see what's happening right now. It's it's great to see, and hopefully he keeps this going for the rest of the year. But when he's cold, it's bad. It's 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 very bad. His like pressure in the corners and just things you see like the kind of like lack of effort and size. I, even I and, disagree with that completely right now. Fine. Uh, if you if you're right watching now. Victor Olofsson uh, last night, he was hustling every play. There was hustle. There was uh, back checking. He makes these little plays now that are generating all these chances. And that whole line and re- him and Labushkin's new chemistry is fun. <laughs> yeah, um, Labushkin the against Anaheim had a three three uh, point night. Which we did not sign him to do. We didn't sign him to put points on the board, and he's doing it. But um, yeah, Victor Olofsson's trade value is probably the highest it'll ever be. Which brings a question: What? But what's the point of trading? Here's, here's my thoughts. Obviously, you only hope Olofsson can keep this for the rest of the season. This pace right now, what he's doing, um, and hopefully he keeps that value going into the off season. And I think that's when you move them. Um, looking at this team now, how it's structured, how it's built, you've got a lot of guys in the pipeline who kind of have similar skill sets. And I know you don't – he's a part of this team. He's been for a long time now. But um, maybe if you can – I think the Sabres should capitalize off his value. I don't think this trade deadline anymore. Um, in the, Before January, he I wanted to get rid of him just simply to upgrade – but uh, now if he can just keep what he's doing for the rest of the season and then you go into the offseason, maybe get a guy who's brings more things and other aspects to the game. But, you know, we're here to talk. We're, we're not supposed to agree on everything. That'd be weird. So what are your thoughts on Golson right now? He's winning us games. He tied the game against the Islanders, took the lead against Dallas. He's scoring big goals. He – and we can talk about other aspects of the game. If you're a goal scorer, you've you've earned more than somebody who's X, Y, and Z. If you can score goals and score them consistently, you you have a place on any team. And a super young team like us, if we just get rid of Olafson because we want to replace him with the guy in the pipeline, we're just at, we're just making this team more and more young by the year and. Well, yeah, well, my baby's playing. And... My point was to have him in, like, a piece for, like, an upgraded player. I mean, like, Olsen, don't get me wrong, he's, like you said, con- he's being consistent with his goal scoring right now. He is a goal scorer. But you can get that – my point is you can get that goal scorer aspect from other players. Like, you see Jack Quinn's going to be in his second year next year. You're going to get maybe a guy like Rosine or Kulik next year. And who knows what they do in free agency. But I think Olsen, with his value going up, I think he'd be – Good for a trade piece to make the move, I guess you can Matt say. Quinn's not scoring big goals right now. Yeah, right now, and Isaac Rosen's never even played in the NHL. Where these are all mm-hmm. 
you hope they can score like Olofsson, but Olofsson's scoring at a at a thirty high thirty goal pace right now. Like that's a lot of goals, and he might he might break Jack Eichel's high here. What was that at? Uh, twenty seven. Really? Wow. I hope I hope that's right. So, yeah, something like that. But um, he's a ve- I think he's very valuable this season, and if we can make the playoffs, which we'll we'll talk about. See, it's seeming more and more possible. Like a lot of teams that we're in the race with right now, we'll get into it later. There's they when the Sabers had that bad streak of games, they also had a bad streak of games, which saved us. Like if that wasn't the case, we could be out like six to ten points right now. So we're still seeing the result of losing eight games in a row. It'll haunt us the whole season. Like if you yep. want to know where the root of like Everything is is that eight game losing streak. Yeah, they won half of those. They'd easily be in a playoff spot right now. They'd be around Washington, maybe above. So they'd be third in the Atlantic. We'd be above Tampa. Yeah, they are eight points behind Tampa. They have one more game played, but yeah, you're right. Like it's it's just a it's just a what if, and it's tough to hang your hat on that and dwell on it too much because. They they experienced it. They know what it's like now. They weren't here the past 11 years. So getting they had another losing skid and they didn't let it get out of hand. I feel like mm-hmm. they've gone, they're going to streak. Like it's just the way this team is built. It's so young. Like yeah. Owen, Owen power. We'll talk about it. Discord his first goal this year. Yeah. We never recap the, the Dallas game, but OP, what a celebration. He look, I've never seen anyone look so happy when he scored that goal. No celebration at all. Just both hands in the air, <laughs> big-ass smile. Like, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Staring at Thompson. He didn't know how to act. It was, it was great. Happy to be there. If anyone deserved a goal, that goal especially was him. He's had an incredible season being the youngest on the team. and All the pictures of him, like from his old YouTube channel. As he <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that kid now has Victor Hedman like um, numbers already. Already. <laughs> <laughs> so he went from teaching us how to tape our hockey sticks to scoring game winners against one of the best teams in the West. That was a huge win from the Rockstar Zone, by the way. So <laughs> if, we got, if we got another, we're back to back tonight. So we're looking ahead to St. Louis, but um. I don't know what um the stats are on back-to-backs, but I know for the Sabres so far this year have been pretty poor. So hopefully they, you know, turn it around this time around. We'll see. This is recorded right before the St. Louis game. So hopefully it's out before the St. Louis game too. But, um, yeah, and speaking of that game tonight, Tarasenko and Tori Krug are back in the lineup. So something to keep an eye on. Blues have been struggling, so hopefully they got some rust. Yeah, they're coming off a loss to Chicago and um we know what that feels like. Yeah. Uh we we have not recorded but uh we did blow a 3-1 lead and only get one point in Chicago. So he tweeted out fact, we got a point. Like that's true. It's a fact. Yeah. It's um, an undeniable fact. Nothing like 3 to 1 leads. Um I don't want to skip over. I mean, we'll skip the Anaheim game quick. Uh, go back to that New York Islanders game. There was a very, it was a very special night, wow. not only because uh, Darlene and uh, Cousins 
performed a successful Hail Mary in overtime, but it was Ryan Miller night. Um, Who's that? Yeah, some guy. Uh, I was there for the ceremony. It was a great time. Beautifully well done. Props to the Sabres. Uh, Miller's speech was fantastic. I uh, honestly didn't know what to expect from that. It was pretty good. Um, it was with his two children and his wife. So it's really cool. There's a lot of former Sabres there. Um, some cheered a lot more than others. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. I think Andy Peters had the loudest ovation. Yeah, they were um, talking about that on after the whistle. Yeah, so um, yeah, it was cool. Tim Connolly was there. For some reason, he didn't look very happy. But I, that On crutches, too. Oh yeah, so like he, <laughs> Derek Roy with a turtleneck and a mustache. Like <laughs> people I remember watching when I was a little kid. Just it, it was a that was a fun era, the Sabers and uh, era. I remember fondly because I was young and everything was cool when you're young. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, great ceremony. Um, great game. Obviously, it was a goalie. It was a goalie off. For Ryan Miller night, it had to be. Yeah, Ilya Sorokin, man, forty-two saves. A lot. He, yeah, I think forty-two. Yeah, he he put on a show. Um, it was he was also repping number thirty. So, I guess for Miller, he did that. <clears throat> I got a little worried there because he it, the Sabers against good goalies is sometimes we get goalie a, a quite a bit. It feels mm-hmm. like um, Lukanen also. Uh, stepping up and making huge saves to keep oh, us yeah. in the game. Uh, very Miller-esque, some of the saves it felt like. Mm-hmm. Nothing flashy, but just big technical saves. So, One thing I was uh, – during the ceremony that I really liked is all the players were on the bench. And uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. They weren't – I don't think they were on the bench for RJ. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, but it was really cool to see that, and then I'm uh, – Heard Miller even say, uh, like, I was in their position. Like, I watched Hashik go on the rafters and, like, other guys. So, and, like, seeing, like, legends like Danny Gare there for, like, the ceremony. So, hopefully that puts a little a little boost and confidence into some of these players to, like, realize, like, I, I think they already know how special, like, Buffalo is and, like, a gem. But here's I think a little, Here's a question I'll ask you. Mm-hmm. Is there someone on this roster right now? Whose number is getting retired by the Sabres in the future? I think the two easy answers are Tage and um, Darlene. They're both very young and doing in- insane things this season, so only time will tell. But I think those two, um, Tuck maybe with uh, the background in Buffalo, and he's he's really improving his game, and it doesn't seem like he's even close to a ceiling yet. So, you know, those are some that pop in. Uka Pekka Lukanen. Craig. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, – what do you want to talk about next? We got some – We can quickly go over that Anaheim game um, just quickly. Zegers had uh, two goals. That's he had three points. He had a really good game. Yeah. Um, Bush had his uh, three-point assist night. Uh, Krebs and Olsen with two each. It's nice to see Krebs get some goals. One was a laser. We, gotta, we didn't even say his name yet, but um, mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's picking it up. Good for him. He's 21, 22, so he's got time. Um, Cousins and Skinner each had a goal. Oh, yeah, and back to that overtime uh, against the Islanders. Pfft. Darlene, pass. Yeah. 
Cousins' reception of it, he like dribbled it like a basketball and low shot to the left, and that was crazy. It was like second or third quickest overtime goal in Sabres history, so that was awesome. The arena was buzzing. Everyone stayed in their seat. Miller came out for the picture. Um, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Cousins gave his stick and the game-winning puck to uh, Body, Bonnie Bonnie. son. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Miller mentioned uh, Cousins is now his new favorite player. Which uh, I think, I agree. That's, I think I, that's a lot of people in Buffalo right now. Cousins mm-hmm. is there's so many great pieces on this team, man. It's hard not to, it's hard not to just enjoy. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I know a lot of people who are just gonna get into it now because the Bills are not playing football for a few months. They're they're gonna put the expectations of playoffs, and I already know a lot of people might get disappointed. Do you? What are the chances we make the playoffs in your in your mind? What's think, the probability? I think a thirty five percent chance. I don't. There, I know there's definitely a number out there that's like backed by numbers, but my personal uh, number is thirty five percent. I think I said thirty last night. My mom. My mom asked me. Um, she she doesn't know anything. The thing is with me is like the the guys you're trying to get out of the spot right now is Crosby, Ovechkin, and then you got the Panthers who are tearing it up now. So um, you're in this, it's a, it's a deep race last year around this time. um, It looked like the playoff picture was already set like two months into the season, which was crazy. It was such a huge gap, but being able to pry uh, Ovechkin and Crosby out of a playoff spot, it's going to be difficult. And um, we'll just see how it goes. Only time will tell. And uh, Sabres need to be consistent and, they got to keep the streak going and don't look like how they did in that eight-game losing streak. Um, speaking of coaches who got fired, Bruce Boudreau. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are making the last 10 years of being a Sabres fan look not bad. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I, I actually have a stat of the Sabres last <laughs> six years and – we're last in the Atlantic, three of the six. Last in the league, two of the six. Vancouver's been in near and around us the whole time, but yeah, Vancouver's uh, in a really bad spot franchise-wise. Uh, yeah, uh, they're in dire need of a turnaround, like soon rather than later. Yeah, I think the pinpoint right now is um, their owner Francesco Aquilini. Uh, I think he's most hated. And uh, BC, and I, I think there's a bounty. Not actually, but yeah, there's Bruce, Bruce Bro- Boudreaux is out. Rick Tockett is in. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going around around Rick Tockett uh, about Rick Tockett. So uh, I don't know. He doesn't have the greatest past, but who does? I'm not going to get too deep into. It. I don't even really know the details. But um, Vancouver is currently paying three coaches. A total of seven and a half million dollars. How many are we paying? Good question. I don't know. I, I wonder if we're still paying Phil. I don't think so though. Um, but yeah. Um, that Boudreaux. I've only seen. I obviously didn't watch the game live, but the fans chanting Bruce. There it is. Him knowing it was his last game. Him knowing who his replacement is going to be, and all this stuff. And it's like the disrespect to a guy who's. I think he's like six. 60-something years old, high yeah, 60. 
it's a weird situation I don't think I've ever seen in hockey where, like, the coach knows he's being fired, like, was told, and still is coaching the team. And it's just such a, a, a bad thing to do to somebody, especially in the day and age of social media where everyone knows everything, like, that yeah. happens. It's just such a spotlight to put on, like, a negative light on your franchise and your decision-making. It, it just doesn't – I don't know how that is what they did and thought it was the right thing to do. And there's some problems in the, with the players in that organization that I guess you can kind of point to Boudreaux, like um, JT Miller not having a great year and his, like, you see his, like, attitude and, like – No, every, everyone I, on that team loves Boudreaux. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, some of the players' attitudes, my example is JT Miller, who just signed that massive, massive extension, which is going to set them back tremendously. Um, he's just – Right now, he's not like a fan favorite. Like he last year, he was on an incredible. He had an incredible scoring pace and stuff. And this season, he's just really not there. And he's just very like I saw like a clip of like a shift. He looked just not in it. Um, you know, I, I'm not obviously not watching every Vancouver game, but it's just my view from the outside. They're now they're stuck with that contract for another eight seasons. So yeah. Um, but one thing with Vancouver is they'll definitely be tearing it all apart. I heard um, basically the only one safe there is Pedersen, which sucks because I that's the guy I'd want out of Vancouver. But that's for him too. He's the only guy who's got to stay there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guarantee by, by the end of that, uh, the rebuild, I don't think he'll be there. But um, yeah, that's a crazy situation, and I can't believe that's happening to Bruce when it's just. It's really not his fault, and you know it's terrible. It, it's um it's just what Vancouver is now as an organization, and I just feel blessed to be a Sabres fan. Who <laughs> whoever thought that would be said? Um, now that we're on the topic of coaches, Bruce Cassidy was quoted on needing more from Jack Eichel in the media to the media as Sabres fans. We've heard people say that Eichel needs to show more effort, but never the coach. Never, well, like, this is a first for... Eichel's in a situation where he's not, like, the savior. You know what I mean? Like, since he got here, he's been praised, put on this pedestal. Like, coach's obvious favorite. <clears throat> the guy who, if he doesn't do it, no one else will. Like, that's how it was here. And now that he's in an organization who has it kind of put together and he's not the captain and... He's just like a first-line center who's expected to produce like a $10 million player. He's not right now. I mean, he got injured his first game back. I believe he had three points, but since then he's been kind of – One assist in five games. Yeah. He's just below a point per game. But it's just – I think what shocked me about it not is not his um, production, but just the the call-out publicly. I, I, I'm curious of how Eichel responded to that now because – we're not going to get into the rumors of the kind of person Jack Eichel is because we're not Jack Eichel. And I don't want him to beat me up if we ever meet each other. I'd like to get a pick or something else. But, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting story to watch. And we know the track record Vegas has treating their stars, treating anyone in their organization. You're basically just a name. And What are the odds he's a Boston Bruin before his contract ends? I think it's odds he's a Bruin by the deadline. (laughs) 
No, but maybe next offseason. I see it. I, I don't I know if I see him going to a team like Boston. Yeah. I, I get the whole hometown thing, but I feel I like Boston. There's a no-move clause, and I think he can choose where he goes. That's the thing. And I'd, I'd imagine Boston is number one on his list. But they, I don't think Boston has the, the pieces to do something like that. And uh, they're in a weird state with having to pay pasta. Who's We should talk about the Bruins as a whole. If you're anything, Still haven't lost 10 games. Are you – Done discussing uh, Vegas because I want to get into. Well, it wasn't really. It was just Jack Eichel, but yeah, weird to see that someone call out Jack Eichel like that because we we spent years watching the guy and the coach would never dare. We need more out of Jack. Like he would be fired. Jack Eichel is done <laughs> as fired multiple EMs, coaches, anyone. So it's bold for Bruce Cassidy. Maybe he doesn't like his job. Yeah, the other former Saber, uh, Linus Omark, first fastest goalie to ever uh, reach twenty five wins. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's if he was still here, I don't think he's doing that. Uh, Boston's a very good team, but Omark has been nothing short of impressive. Um, I don't think anyone from Buffalo even saw this happening or coming. Um, congrats. That's all I really have to say. He's twenty five, two and one. I don't uh, think we didn't see it coming because uh, it was the year – it was the calm before the storm, right before we traded, Ristolainen, and Reinhardt, Eichel, everybody everybody who was part of the old regime was out. And I think the whispers around fans and the murmurs were that Linus Olmark was, would be somebody they would want to see stick around and signed and extended. And I that believe didn't... that was worked out. Like I think it was like they didn't want to go term and Boston gave off for term. And I think that's what's what made that decision for him. So you can't help, you can't be mad at that at all. Um, oh, I'm not. But he was one of the guys like who had potential. I feel like Renis Olmark was a, a solid goaltender here. Yeah, he's only 29 years old. Back then, he was 27 when he left here. So yeah, and goalies take. We all know goalies take long to develop and uh, get ripe. I wonder uh, what that does for a guy like Swayman. Uh, I think Omar's got three more years after this year. So Swayman could be a trade piece. I know they're after uh, Bo Horvat in uh, Vancouver um, and some other guys. So we'll have to just wait and see what happens there. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I really don't feel sorry for the first overall team if they can't find a nice deadline piece. They're <laughs> A historically good team. So you see, uh, Brad Marchand's like tweet about Justin uh, Jesse Puljujarvi. Yeah, that's that would be something, and I guarantee if he went there, he would be immediately extended for a very good deal and look like how he was projected to look when he was trying. I could also see him as a big piece come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Who going back to Vegas? I could see Phil Kessel. Also, <laughs> playoff hockey for no reason. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk about uh, Ivan Provorov, or is that something you kind of want to? Uh, there's really no point. But there's hundreds of players in the league. All of them, most of them, except one, have gone out with the Pride Night jerseys. One guy doesn't, and it's all the attention. So there's no point in wasting this negative negative energy on something that's been discussed our stances if you like hockey no matter who you are 
as long as you're a good person, you should be able to enjoy a silly sport where guys wear ice skates. Like who who cares? We're watching we're watching guys skate around on on little knives. That's that's my take on it. We're watching. <laughs> Uh, one thing, uh, John Tortorella was uh, asked, uh, criticized post-game, like, okay, you gave – you said, okay, that's what he believes in. You said he can not attend uh, warm-ups and still play. But why was it that a couple years back uh, you said if you ever have a player kneel for the anthem, they would not play for you? I think he, I think he, he went back on that. Yeah, I, I was going to say he, he, he claims he was uneducated and he takes a statement back, which, yeah, that's – the appropriate way to respond to that. And I mean, when we talk about the anthem, here's, here's the number one argument. The, the person whose idea it was, was a Navy SEAL. Colin Kaepernick asked the Navy SEAL what he should do. And he said, Neil, for the anthem. So he did. So anything that is disrespectful to the armed forces is, it's just lazy. And it, it's, it's just people getting mad at each other. That's all, that's all hockey Twitter was for a few days. And, it was just a very toxic environment to be in. So what happened, happened. I think there's a lot of good people in the game growing it, ambassadors for these um, just cause, I believe, because um, all Pride Night is saying is you're a minority group who wasn't accepted with warm uh, welcome before, and now you are, and we're going to celebrate that. Your religious beliefs aside, that's all it is. You're just saying, I accept you as a fan. Mm-hmm. It's um, to be in a position where people want to be your fans and you're turning them away. It, yeah. it just seems silly to me. But Last note, <clears throat> if you didn't know, Provorov's jersey sold out. Uh, I think that day or the next day. So that's just a fact. Of course it did. I mean, people are going to just – it's two sides. It's – Hey, People that's where you want your money to go to a Philadelphia Flyers jersey, jersey even right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe Philly will be <laughs> a big chip free agent now with all that fucking money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, People want to piss people off, so they'll, they'll buy a jersey with the guy who pissed everyone off's name on the back. <laughs> that's all I, I – it's, it's not funny, but it's funny at the same time. Like, of it's course. You do what you want with your money. What a what a waste of money! I, I, I would say <laughs> at least get like I don't care. You know it's it's over with. Um, well, we, oh, dude, uh, we were. I had a philosophy class today, and they, I walk in and they're talking about the Bills Stadium and like sports in general and how like they're a waste of time. Uh, this is the fit I was in. <laughs> For the viewers, I'm wearing a Sabres like turtleneck and a and a Sabres hat, matching, <laughs> matching colors too. So I'm all dripped out in the back with my with my sports gear on, <laughs> and everyone's trashing trashing like sports, and it, and it really had me thinking. I was alone, and I'm like, "Am I wrong for liking sports?" Like that was just my initial thought because everyone in the room is weird being in a room where no one else likes sports except you. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Is liking sports wrong?" No, because every motherfucker in that room, either. Gets entertainment from the TV, from YouTube, from it's it's entertainment. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm going on this rant, but it, it made me upset because <laughs> I was about to follow the herd and be like, nah, <laughs> I don't fuck with sports. 
Well, so something happened last night. Uh, a return. Uh, Johnny Hockey made his debut in Calgary since the the departure. Yeah, um, he had two assists, uh, no goals, sadly, and a four-three loss in Calgary. Um, got booed, as you would expect. Um, Sabres fans know what that's like booing someone. So, yeah, I think in practice, the, every time they he touched the puck, they were booing him just to warm him up for it. So I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, I think you don't expect that when you don't re-sign with a long-term team. And I saw the one clip of they were showing the tribute video on the board to him, and he wasn't really looking. Mm-hmm. Some people want to draw a conclusion on that. I don't think that's a bad thing. He probably just wanted to keep his composure for the game. You don't want to be sad playing hockey. You're not going to play well. And he played well that night. He had two assists. He had a penalty shot where he missed. So could have had a three-point night. Was inches away from a three-point night. Um, Bob McKenzie released his top ten uh, draft players. And hopefully we are not in this conversation for any of these guys come June. But the list goes as the following. First overall, obviously, Connor Bedard. You, Everyone knows. Um, second, Adam Fantilli. Third, Leo Carlson, Swedish center. Very impressive. Four, Matvey Michkov. I hope I pronounced that correctly. A Russian sniper who could, politics aside, would probably be top two or three. Um, but he's four. Um Fifth, Zach Benson. Sixth, Will Smith, who's a center on U.S. as an NTDP. Uh, I think I saw him live at Niagara. He played a game here. He played for uh, Bel Air Academy, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Seventh, Brady Yeager. Eighth, Colby Barlow. Ninth, Dalibor Dvorsky. And ten, Ryan Leonard. Um, Don't know many of those guys because I'm not a draft guy. Uh, I mean, I am come like May. um, But honorable mention. Um, shout out to Sabermetrics, Walt. He, he's been hyping up this guy named David Reinbacher. He's a right-handed defenseman. I, I forgot what nationality is, but kid looks oh, awesome. German with a name like Reinbacher. Yeah, I, I assume German. Um, If you go look him up, David Reinbacher, his highlights are pretty unreal. Uh, I saw a little highlight of him, like, dance around a couple former NHLers in a game the other day. So, yeah, we'll see where we are. I mean, I don't really want to talk draft for the Sabres because right now we're talking playoffs, which is crazy. So just thought we should mention that list. Uh, we're not just a Sabres podcast. We're going all NHL too. So Boom. Boom. We knew all the news from around the, around the league. And a quick little fun fact about those top ten, if this matters to you, um, seven of the ten of them are under six foot one. So I think that's an interesting view on where the game of hockey is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was my point. Like basically, it's it's not about size anymore. Uh, you're seeing guys like Cole Caulfield, who oh yeah, out for the season, sadly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, he's having great success with Montreal, even though they're kind of a bottom feeder right now. But it's showing where it's going. Yeah, it's about the death. It's about the. Um... I don't know. I was going to say skill set is kind of the thing uh, teams are after right now. Um, so with uh, Sabres notes, a uh, couple quick things before we start uh, wrapping up. 
Uh, it's been a little bit of discussion. Tage Thompson has been quiet as of recent, although he's on a four-game point oh, yeah. right now. Last <laughs> night, yeah. Um, he's the way he's just. I made a tweet out. He's he must be finished with his and one mixtape. Uh, Hold on, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting a vision. Oh, Tage Thompson scores a hat trick. Against the Blues. I didn't even think of the revenge game tonight. Yeah, there's that. I'm sure he's I had forgot, a I, I forgot he told me. He did. <laughs> we're, a little, we're a little bit behind. If there's a night for Tage to Tage, it might be tonight. We'll see. Um, like we mentioned One earlier. Tage. Ooh, you might want to cut that out because that could be a good shirt. Speaking <laughs> of shirts, we sell shirts. Yeah, we started our own brand. Uh, I think we plugged in the very beginning of this, but <clears throat> sorry, SOS Culture. Uh, if you haven't taken a look, do so, SOSCultureCo.com. Um, Zach and I have put a lot of effort into the website and the designs, and a lot more is coming soon, so stay tuned yeah, for that. The first line designed by my my beautiful co-host to my right. Uh, really cool shirts. I saw them in person for the first time a few days ago. And mm-hmm. I was really <laughs> – this is so cheesy. I was blown away by the quality. Yeah. I, like, I'm i not even just saying that. I, w- I was very impressed with the quality of shirt they are and just how clean they, they look in person. So if you're looking for a, a Sabres shirt, our first release is already out with Bills and Sabres. Uh, second release should be – there should be teasers out soon. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> – Still a lot of work to do. Uh, it's it's not easy. It's but it's it's fun. So we'll see where that goes. Um, follow. We'll stay on live because I'll, I'll tell you some of the ideas I got. I didn't sketch anything out, but I got some ideas. We'll talk after. We'll we'll get into it. Because um, I don't want competition to hear this. I know <laughs> Kevin Adams is going to start selling shirts at an <clears throat> intersection somewhere. Yeah. Um. Back to some Sabres notes, real quick. I just wanted to mention. Uh, like we talked about earlier, the the rise in depth scoring has been great because um, the first line has been slowing down. Not, not that they're doing bad. It's just the things they were doing earlier in the season have slowed down kind of a little back, back to earth, but who knows what could happen. It's just streaks happen. You expect the, the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. before when we only had a first line, when the first line didn't perform, we lost. Mm-hmm. Now we're still winning games because of the, our depth and I think the resurgence of Casey Middlestat and bringing in Tyson Jost and Olufsen going on a scoring tear and Krebs playing on that fourth line with Akposo and Gergensen. We got an interesting question from um, someone in the podcast world about that line and rotating guys out. Do you want to get into that now? Um, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Do you have it pulled up? Cause I can pull it up. No, but yeah, pull it up. Sorry, wasn't prepared for this. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to. Quick, quick other note uh, before we get into that, I wanted to mention how uh, the kids' line has kind of been struggling. I don't want to pinpoint it on Dylan Cousins, but what's their title name, dude? It's the kids' line. Yeah. Um, damn, I can't find this. Did he delete it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Um. Here's the Here question. I'll, I'll ask you. Yeah. Did you get it at the? Okay. I got it. It's from uh, where the Buffalo Rome, hosted by uh, 
Dwayne and I think it's a segment with Dwayne and his co-host. I'm sorry if I don't know the name. Kid Cully. Shout out to them. Uh, they've been helping us along the way. So we really appreciate you guys. Um, he he says, while Krebs gets a crash course and playing a 200-foot game with Oki and Zemgis this season, is there a way similar lessons can be taught to Quinn and Paterka? Or are we getting plenty out of them as it as is and ought to let them grow at their own pace? I think this is a good question. Um, yeah. Um, my first thought on that is I think as well as Krebs plays on that fourth line, I feel like he's kind of graduating it. I think he should get an opportunity in the top six or nine. Um, and as you've been seeing, Paterka and Quinn have been struggling. Um, they were scratched, but it, since they've gotten back, there's, nothing's really, I mean, gradually improved. That's So um, I think some time in the, on the fourth line or maybe even in the press box for a game or two wouldn't hurt. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts, Zach? Um, I love the idea of a, of a fourth line where your two main pieces are Zemgis and uh, Oposo and then just sending one of the kids to get a little boot camp on 200 <laughs> game because we've seen the effect it's had on Krebs, and he looks like a completely different player. His legs are just always going, and it's so it's so great to see out of him and him scoring scoring more lately. He's, he's finding the net. And if you want to give him a chance with Cousins and Quinn or Cousins and Paterka and a group of the <laughs> – and slide Quinn down to play with Akposo and Gergensons for a few games. Hey, if if you think it'll help, do it. I, I think it'd be I think it's a very interesting mm-hmm. um theory to how to fix the kids line or train the kids to be more than just offensive talent. Yeah, my uh first line or first thought to edit the lines like using that would be um Maybe throwing – I think Paterka would work well with um, Ocposo and Gergensons. I don't – Gergensons would have to slide to center. I know that's not like – he's mainly left wing, but I think he could handle the center workload. Because so I think Paterka has that speed and, like, drive that they can really use, and he can learn a lot playing with them. And then if you were to put Krebs with Cousins and Quinn, I think he brings a lot, like – his like his passing is great. I think he brings, like, a different – he has, like, a whole vision that <clears> – <throat> one of the best on the team and he can do things that if given the opportunity can do. So that's my first quick fix just to try for a game or two is swap those two guys out. It's definitely something that you can do. And I don't think it would alter too much mm-hmm. like where the team would be because you're keeping uh, more than half of the lines the same. Like it's, it's two little pieces you're switching out and you can always go back to the kids line. But as you said before, the kids' line is kind of struggling right now. They're- yeah, um, that stat I mentioned earlier from Chad Dudeminisus, how uh, that Olsen line is uh, like top of shots against like the least amount. Uh, the kids' line is now first in that. They're now like last night against Dallas was a great example. They were getting beat up and all the shots were in their zone. So, you know, if they want to try switching it up, definitely support it. Um, they're rookies. It's it's. They've got a lot to learn. They've got a lot to play, a lot of room to grow. So, yeah, I agree. And um, the when we say the kids line, Cousins is tied into that, but Dylan Cousins is having 
his best year by far. And Could we, you imagine what his point total will be right now if, let's just say, he was with Olafson and Jason some Robertson and Gordy <laughs> Kachuk? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it before the season, and a big step forward, I think you said it, would be if it is huge, like it's very reliant on Dylan Cousins having a big year, and he's done that. Yeah, he's had a very good year. He scores big goals. He plays really fun hockey to watch. And you didn't notice in overtime he started over Tage. It was him, Tuck, and uh, was it Darlene or Power first? I think it was Darlene first, and they switched out uh, Tage for Cousins and Power for Darlene. I think Tuck was still out there for that goal, but that comes to show like the they've got confidence in the kid. Like he won that face off. He like Tages struggles with face offs. He is a six, seven giraffe. So it's, it's probably a little harder for him, but I, cousins just brings something else. Like you, you got a variety now you can use more players than just your stars. So who he is becoming a star too, which is awesome to see. Sorry. I was distracted. We're one follower away on Twitter from the chief Keith 300. <laughs> Somebody wants to do that, that'd be pretty cool. You don't get anything. No. Figured I'd let you know. Maybe maybe we'll uh, do a little giveaway. We got a couple samples of the shirts in. Uh, maybe we do a little special giveaway for three hundred. So, if you're not following us on Twitter, it's at GoHeadsPod. Maybe you can uh, get yourself in there to win a shirt. Three hundredth follower, even if they're not. Well, if it happens in the next few hours, they don't even know that we're recording this. So. I feel like we just hit him with a DM, like, you want a shirt? Because the shirts I, are – Let's not give it to the 300 follower. Let's give it, like, celebrating 300. We're doing the giveaway. How about that? Oh, yeah, that works too. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll tweet something out, put something on our Instagram, let you guys know how to join that. Win a, win a cool shirt because they – from a non-biased perspective, I think they're cool. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, I want to quickly just mention that trade deadline is uh, March 3rd, so about a little, like a month and a half-ish uh, till then, and uh, there's a there's a list out there. I saw it posted by The Athletic. I don't know the writer, but a couple names mentioned that caught my eye that I think could work with the Sabres. Um, let's quickly do it. Chikrin, who obviously everyone knows, but I think the cost is a little high, but I think obviously clear upgrade to this team. Um Jonathan Taze was someone that I I looked at and I go maybe um, the price I think is low even though he's performing well he's a very high cap hit and I don't think many other teams can afford him but um could be good for center depth uh, Matt Dumba this is my favorite from the list he's been scratched healthy scratch the other night against Minnesota his uh, value is pretty low right now so if that's something that you know, the Sabres would be interested in. I'm, I'm sure they're having conversations about that. Uh, another guy I really like from Minnesota's Jordan Greenway was also on that list. Um, and there was another one, Tyler Bertuzzi from uh, Detroit. I'd like him in the – he'd be a good piece in the bottom six, in my opinion. And, I'll, and Max Domi to finish it off. So You want all of them? Yeah, give, bring it all. <laughs> no, those are just uh, guys I think the Sabres might be targeting, and I think they make sense for that bottom six, middle six, and that I think, I think it's going to be a very boring deadline. I really do. We're going to be left out. 
I feel like that's the most likely scenario. I'm not even going to get my hopes up and read too much into these big names. Obviously, I'll keep an eye on it if there's something real, but I really feel like it's going to be like just little maintenance moves. Yeah, there's one guy. There hasn't been much with the Sabres like surrounded by trade rumors other than Chickering, but recently, according to the fourth period, who hasn't been the most reliable per se, but uh, I guess the Sabres are interested in Timo Meyer or – and maybe have contacted the Sharks about him. 20, uh, 26 years old. He'll be 27 October 8th next year, or this year, sorry. Um, he currently has 27 goals and 47 points in 48 games. Restricted free agent. Qualifying offer is currently $10 million. So I, I don't – I'm not a fan of that just because no really term, and he's going to have to get a large contract and – this age range is kind of like the decline out of the prime slowly. Then it kind of just all hits at once. So I, I don't know. I'm not really interested in bringing in a guy who we're going to have to pay or lose because we have so many guys who will need bigger contracts. You're talking about power, Darlene cousins. And don't forget his value is going to cost you a lot like trade wise. So it's, is it really worth it? I don't think so. But I think it's, it's going to be a very, very boring deadline. Maybe like one bot, bottom pair defenseman. Yeah. Who could maybe play middle pair minutes. Like, I don't see them trading for a forward just because of how deep they are. Like, Tina Stroh, we didn't talk about Tina Strozo's finally put on waivers to Rochester. Waivers, which is, I yeah. think, a little bit surprising. I thought he would be someone at least – few teams would take a look at i'm sure they all did but he does have like a 1.7 million cap hit but it's still not that much but in a cap world some teams didn't see it being worth it so yeah i don't know um we're still a, a bit away from the deadline and we can speculate for the next coming weeks and the next few episodes but for not i i just like watching the games man <laughs> really do. i'm excited for for it to be almost game time. I love drama, though. I love trade drama. That's my favorite. I think that's my favorite part of hockey, honestly, is, like, trades. Like, they're just fun. Who doesn't love a good trade? Like, you know, wrist aligner for a first-round pick. That is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That is nuts. That happened. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Like, were they not watching? I believe we have Philly second as well this year. Do they not have a Google <laughs> or Twitter or any? They didn't Google one thing about the guy. I think that that about wraps it up. Don't you think? Yeah, we gotta get this end on the wrist line and trade, <laughs> as all things should. Um, yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter at Goatheads Pod if you're streaming. On any app besides Apple Music, you should have no problem. On Spotify, you can watch the episode as well. Uh, you want to watch? Also on YouTube, post it there too. Um, yeah, F Apple Music. I fell asleep listening to After the Whistle, and I woke up at like probably like three thirty. To our, I didn't have the sleep timer on, and our podcast came on, and it scared me so bad when I woke up. <laughs> I was listening to like you talking and me talking. I'm like, what is going? It... Nice. So don't watch in the middle of the night. Not recommended. <laughs> Anything else, Zach? 
Um, go Bills. <laughs> go Bills. 